Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea Gillis. And I'm Step Page. We're two Canadian expats now living in Australia and the UK. Between the two of us, we've been through the ringer in our travels, experiencing missed flights, volcanic eruptions, and even a terrorist attack. It's not all that extreme, though. We've also experienced heartwarming, life-changing moments and met amazing people along the way. So kick back and listen to all the shit I've learned abroad. Welcome to another episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea. And I'm Steph. It's been a while, but we're back. We're back. Guess who's back? Back again. We, we've been um again, you know, now like just life is life gets in the way. Steph and I are busy ladies. Things are starting to open up again. Yes, lots of plans. Yeah, Steph, you are I mean, we're both trying to get home to Canada. Yes. Um I'm I'm hoping to book a flight now that um Canadians, if you're Canadian citizen and you're double vaxxed. Yes. You can come in without having to uh, do the the hotel quarantine, which is great. Um, so yeah, I've been looking at flights, mm-hmm. hoping to get back next month for about ten days. I feel like Steph, we are looking at different dates, which kind of sucks. No, you need to come on. We'll coordinate this. I am applying for an approval, an exemption to leave Australia tomorrow. So if I get my approval this week, we are coordinating flights, so we will at least overlap. Because I need okay. to see your face in person. Okay. We can we can organize this. Yes. I mean, it feels exciting trying to organize flights. Y'all, and anyone who's listening, a- send me your good juju for getting approved for this exemption. Because it is not easy. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that the Aussies are having a, a tough time. More so, it's what? Like, leaving and you, you because you don't have your citizenship. It's getting back in? Yeah, so I can easily leave as a Canadian. It's just if you want to right. come back in, that's the problem. So right. as an Aussie citizen or PR, if you want to come back in, you have to get an exemption to leave. Um, basically, that permits you to come back. So they have to determine right. either you have compelling, compassionate grounds to leave or, you know, there's a couple criteria for... Um, valid reasons to leave. So I'm applying for that. Yeah. Hoping to get home. It's it's crazy all this extra like planning everyone has to do now just to be able to 
Yeah. Like get on a flight and go somewhere. Like, you know, I, I again, I, I'll have no problem getting in to Canada or back into the UK because I, I'm a dual citizen. Yeah. But even still, like trying to understand, like, you know, the, we've got like the green list, the amber list, the red list. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so Canada is on the amber list. So what does it mean when I get back? You've got to take a test on, you know, day two. And then again on day eight. And then you have to have a plan. Like, yeah. it's all these things where like, you know, gone are the days of just being able to like, oh, book a flight last minute. Off you go. You know, yeah. you've got to get uh, the arrive can app. You've got to like 72 hours yeah. within your flight. You've got to upload your uh, vaccination details. There's like, if you are not someone who can follow a process clearly, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is why I'm waiting for, I have a couple other Canadian friends that live abroad and I'm, I'm waiting for them to go first mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and tell, and then they can come back tell and tell me, me everything that went wrong. Yes. <laughs> explain it to me. So I don't have to read like a million different forums and try to figure it out on my own. Cause I'll probably screw it up. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, very exciting. Um, but yeah, things are, I mean, things over here are opening up a little bit more. Um, I've, I feel like I've actually done a little bit of my, um, new year's resolution where I've been, um, exploring a little bit more of the UK. Lately. Okay. I've done I've done a few little day trips that have been really nice. I went to um, a little town called Rye and Camber Sands, which is in uh, Kent, Lovely. which is uh, just a really nice part of the UK. Canterbury, I went there a couple weekends ago, which is also in Kent. So I feel like I'm exploring a lot of Kent, but I mean it's lovely out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to Cornwall in a couple weeks um, for a long weekend. And Cornwall is another beautiful part of the UK that I've never been to. So you know, I'm feeling good. I feel like I'm uh, checking off some of those, you know, New Year's resolutions that we talked about and uh, getting back into, you know, getting my toes wet when it comes to actually traveling again. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's not a, it'll be different. That sounds amazing regardless. Yeah. Yeah. So I think all our Aussie listeners here will be able to relate to because a lot of our Aussie listeners are expats themselves. So they'll kind of understand mm. the whole, just how trapped we are here. Like, we are yeah. very shut off from the world right now. So, yes, appreciate the movement that you may have. Yeah. On a more lighthearted note, I have a review yeah. we got this week that it made my heart absolutely melt. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> yes, of course. All right. So Lauren gave us a review on Facebook, actually, that says... I'm prepping for my next trip and found this recommended on my podcast. These girls are so legit and the topics are so real. They don't sugarcoat it, but they also don't let anything negative make any trip bad. They're like my new best friends, if only through radio. I was like, yes, girl, we are. That is cute. That is, I, I love that review. And I'm, I'm loving that again, now that, you know, people are starting to travel again, we're starting to get people reaching out a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, things went quiet for a bit. The nature of doing a travel podcast yeah. in a global pandemic, uh, you know, did, things did, are did, not, did people hope? are not, yeah, people are not too excited about listening to travel in a time where they can't do it. But, um, but yeah, we're starting to get people reaching out again and saying, Hey, I found your podcast. I'm enjoying it. So guys, if you've got friends, you know, that are getting back into the travel groove and you want to share our podcast with them, please feel free. Yeah. But yeah, I appreciate the review. And again, for anyone else listening, if, you know, if you fancy, 
you can do the same. Uh, leave us a, a lovely five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts. We do appreciate. Awesome. So today we are doing a little part two episode. Yes. So we did an episode a couple weeks. Well, I say a couple weeks, probably about four weeks ago. And it was called Staying Grounded. And the whole concept of it was like, now that we're back into the throes of traveling and very different from home comforts, like how do you still stay sane? basically, while traveling. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we talked about things at a very macro level, like planning, how to take care of things on the home front, you know, broader concepts, how to stay grounded while traveling. And we had a few people ask us, you know, about some of the more specific things. So we just thought today we'd touch on some of the more micro level things for staying grounded while traveling. Yeah, I think it's, again, still such a relevant topic. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's as you said, we did it on sort of a a bigger scale on the last episode. And let's now drill down a little bit more um, and give you guys some ideas and tips. And again, when you're getting back out there, how you're going to feel the most comfortable. You know, again, it's been a time where we've all just been at home and it's going to be a bit weird Mm -hmm. I think I mean for me I think it certainly will be being on a plane for the first time and being a tourist again somewhere and you know you might not even realize that you know you might not be ready for it so yes so for me the first and foremost most important thing was and I don't know if this is macro level yet to be honest but was the what is your level of social commitment so Mm -hmm. I don't know if you found this, but being in lockdown for so long, even while traveling on the Mm -hmm. road, because I was still by myself much of that time, it was like you weren't over committing yourself to social activities or social commitments. Right. So it's very easy when you jump back into it to be like, I'm going to do X, I'm going to do Y, I'm going to do Z, and to overcommit. And then you go to that very first thing, and it's like, oh, that took all the social capital I had out of me. Yeah. I don't have anything left for Y and Z. Have you found that? I think it's, I have definitely found that where even just like, and this isn't travel related, but, you know, with things opening up here and everyone wanting to have an active social life, you know, not to say I'm very popular, but my problem is I've got like friends in different groups. And so I get, you know, I'll get an invite from this group of friends and this group of friends and this group of friends. And I say, I'm saying yes to everything because I've been cooped up inside all the time. I'm like, yes, I want to do that. Yes. I want to see this person. But I did find myself going from doing nothing to everything all at once was exhausting. Mm -hmm. And it was too much for me. And, you know, tying that into traveling, it would be the exact same thing where, again, say you're doing a, you know, say you're doing a long weekend somewhere, like a city break. It's the same thing where you're going to write down this list of all the stuff you want to do and all the places you want to see. And, you know, it's as you said, Steph, it's like you don't want to overcommit because you could just mentally exhaust yourself. Mm -hmm. From the beginning, you could get burnout straight away. And, you know, I've found, yeah, I've, I've gotten a little bit of the social burnout already from coming out of lockdown. And now I'm kind of like, you know what? I need a couple weeks at home. So I think we talked about this in a previous episode, but just really like prioritizing what's going to be important to you. Well, what, you know. Yes. And I think prioritizing that in terms of when you're traveling again, because how many people do you meet where they have a habit to, you know, fill their travel itinerary because they're like, I'm only going to be in this place once. So it's like from 7 a.m. till 10 p.m. It's like, boom, 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 every 15 minute increments. And it's like, that's 
that's too much. Like you need to actively be able to prioritize what is actually important to you. What do you want to see? What do you feel like what fills your soul versus the whole concept of oh, doing everything you're going to France. You have to do this. But if you don't care about that, why are you putting it in your time? Like, so while we're all in this period of limited social capacity, it's like only do things that are actually important to you. Don't do the things that are like you're supposed to do this while you're there. If you don't care. And that's it. Like some people like doing different types of, you know, I, I personally, I love a tourist attraction. Like I do like to see all the things on the list and I like to do that. But some people like to do, you know, their trips where they'd rather stay off the sort of tourist path. And I think this is maybe, you know, this is just a thought I had. This could be a really good opportunity for those that maybe haven't done solo travel yet. The best thing about solo traveling is that you can do exactly what you want, when you want, how you want. Being able to just be on your own schedule and kind of go with however you're feeling, it's a nice thing. And as much as, you know, I I still, I like traveling with people, but the problem is when you go away with someone, you might have two completely different itineraries. Mm -hmm. So you either have to compromise or figure out ahead of time. I mean, maybe like some people, I have friends and I love them dearly, but I don't travel well with them because we do like to do very different types of holidays. So if you are going to travel with someone, like maybe just figure out, are you know, are you guys going to have the same priorities? Mm -hmm. And they don't all have to be the same, but at least enough that, you know, you're both not going to get that travel burnout. Yeah. From doing things you don't want to do at a pace, maybe you don't want to do it. So either that or maybe try a solo trip if you haven't yet. This could be a really good time to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then going in from that. So this is going to be a thing. How will you deal with super crowded tourist sites? So you live in London. You have some of the biggest tourist sites in the world. Mm -hmm. How? I mean. You don't go to them, obviously. (laughs) Well, I don't. But the thing is, in in London, it's not just the tourist attractions. You've got the tourists on the tube, on the buses, you know, just walking down the street. Like, they're not just congregating at Buckingham Palace or Trafalgar Square. Like, they're shopping. And I've found for the last year, I've got to say, like, it has been really nice to be able to get on the tube Mm -hmm. and not be crammed in. Like, absolutely crammed in. It's been nice to, you know, I work in central London in Oxford Circus. And, you know, as I've slowly started going back into the office, which I'm only going maybe like once a week, but it is really nice not having just tons of tourists there. And so, and I know that's going to change. It's going to get back to, you know, and especially a city like London, which is one of the biggest tourist cities in the world. It's going to go back. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know how I'm going to cope with that. I guess the big difference is You know, my company anyways, and most companies I know, they are not forcing their employees to be going in five days a week anymore. Mm -hmm. So that makes a big difference where we're not forced to be crammed, you know, in groups of people. Um, But then, yeah, I guess just being out and about, I mean, I guess it's just going to be picking, picking the times. Like you kind of know when tourists are going to be there. Weekends, obviously, are going to be busier for places. But yeah, I don't know. I haven't really figured that out yet. So I'm thinking about this so much because I'm from Victoria and we've had, you know, the toughest restrictions out of all of Australia. And we got very used to, you know, mask requirements, very used to distancing requirements, you know, more so than anywhere else in the country. 
So I'm kind of pre-planning in my head. I'm like, okay, I need to be prepared for places that didn't get used to this level. Because I find even when I was traveling around Australia to different states, people would get in my bubble. Like even at a lineup at a store. And I was getting like that neck twitch where I'm like looking around like, back up, bitch. Um, Mm -hmm. So mentally I'm like, okay, I need to be prepared for this when I'm traveling because people who either didn't believe in it or people who think it's over or people who just quite frankly, don't understand the concept of personal space. Um, yeah. I'm going to encounter it again where I've got very used to not encountering that. So I'm mentally trying to prepare myself to be like, okay, this is a situation that is going to happen. People are going to be in my space all around me. What can I do? Because you can only control what you can control, right? Do you know what this reminds me of? What? And I know you won't get this because okay. you don't really watch The Simpsons. But there's a great episode from like wait like one of like the old ones when it was really good, and Bart and Lisa being brother and sister, and Bart starts like moving his arms, okay, in like circular motions, and he's like, "I'm gonna do this, and if you get in my way, it's your own fault." So I'm picturing you walking down the street doing that, <laughs> and just like keeping like have your arms out, and it's like, "Hey, this is how I walk. If you tourists get in my way, it's your own fault. You're just like hitting people as you go. <laughs> so I'm going to be the aggressor. Is this what you're saying? Well, I mean, I guess if I, I just maybe not you, but I'm just imagining people in general that are, you know, they have really enjoyed this whole like personal space thing, which I have as well. Yeah. And I do find myself now. Same thing. If I'm in a, like a store and someone's not whatever, like six feet behind me. Mm-hmm. And not that, like, I'm not, like, paranoid, but I just, like, I'd rather people are just not breathing down my neck. Like, I'm doing the same thing. I'm yeah. looking at them like, hey, back the fuck up. Um, but, yeah, I'm just, I don't know. This was just a funny image I had in my head where I'm just picturing tons of people doing this. Yeah. Walking down the street, <laughs> flailing You've just arms, got this, being whole, like, this, like, circle of people around you just breathing on your neck. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nightmare. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. People are, yeah, we'll see. I'm mentally preparing myself for being okay with wearing a mask where maybe it's become socially acceptable that you don't anymore. And I don't think I'll Mm. I'll do it all the time. I think I'll be one of those people that's completely fine not wearing a mask. I'll probably be one of those people that always carries one from now on. Oh, for sure. And when I'm in a situation where it's just, you know, the amount of people I'm like, okay, this is overwhelming. I think it's a bit of a safety net now where I'll put it on and at least be like, <sighs> which I never envisioned myself being one of these people. No, no, Ever. same. I mean, I don't know if I would, I probably wouldn't wear a mask if I didn't have to. Um, and in the UK, it sounds like they're going to lift the mask wearing in, like in a couple weeks, which is insane because cases are already starting to go up a bit here. But oh, no. um I think after the uh, whole health secretary in the UK, for those of you that have seen, yeah. <laughs> follow follow the news in the UK, it's quite funny. For those of you who don't know, our health secretary, Matt Hancock, who is, uh, he's a bit of a dweeb. He's not a bit. He's a massive dweeb. But anyways, he got caught making out with his aide in his office, groping her on her butt. It was really gross. But anyways, he's the guy that was the face of this pandemic telling everyone, everybody stay safe. You need to socially distance. You need to only stick within your bubble. And he's a married man with children. He's making out with his... Anyways, so I think since then, in the UK, people are kind of like, fuck wearing masks. 
fuck socially distancing. And now they're saying like, oh, yeah, we're going to lift the mask rule anyways. So I think people are now having this debate of like, oh, well, if you, you know, if you continue wearing a mask, you're a sheep and da, da, da. And I also think like if people want to wear a mask, just let them. I don't think people need to argue about it, whether people wear them or not. If it's going to be a rule yeah. that they don't have to, respect that. And if it's, you know, people still want to wear them, even if it's not a rule, respect that too. Oh, absolutely. I think people who want... Oh, can I tell you though, I'm becoming, because I've been working in the hospital system so much here, I'm becoming one of those people that when I, and I have to physically restrain myself, where <laughs> when I see someone wearing a mask under their nose, like, I'm yeah. becoming one of those people where I'm like, you know, you look like an idiot, right? Like, like and I don't say yeah. it, obviously, I'm not confrontational, there's no yeah. good outcome there that's going to come from that, but I want to. Like, and there's days where I'm like, I feel like even if they don't get it, I'll get satisfaction from saying it. (laughs) Yeah, but I think we're past, like, like a a year ago, I feel like people were, like, going around being, like, really sanctimonious. Mm -hmm. And now we're past that. (laughs) And people are like, even if you did, they'd be like, fuck off. (laughs) Whereas a year ago, they might be embarrassed and be like, oh, okay, I'll put my mask on properly. Like, I don't know. Can I just tell you a year ago when, so, cause obviously I was at yours, we had COVID, my fever was gone and everything. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go home now. And yeah. like, I got messages from people being like, well, you should got tested and tested negative. And even though I was like, they actually wouldn't test me there. They would not test me. Tests people, didn't exist in March, 2020 in the UK. Like we didn't but have But people them. were still like, well, you should have got tested regardless um, where now it's like, oh, look, only half the plane came in positive. Like, yeah, we're yeah, doing yeah, yeah. better. Like, how, how different the attitudes oh. are now from then. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's funny. But, and well, and, spe- <laughs> and speaking to that, I think, because, you know, I'm just talking about tourist sites in general, but traveling on planes right now is actually, I would say, the major concern. Because that's where people who, where even if they think they might be sick, they're trying to get home. So I would think Mm. planes are actually the highest risk factor right now. And you and I are both talking about getting on a plane. Yeah, but didn't we do the episode with uh, my friend Sean, who's a pilot? He actually said it's like being on a plane is like one of the best places you can be Mm. when it comes to... Yeah. In terms of spreading the virus or not spreading. Yeah. Do you not remember when he said that? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. And I've been researching because I've been... Because obviously coming home from Australia right now with no flights coming in or out, it's going to cost me four to five grand round trip. Yeah. Economy to get to um, Canada and back. Economy. I love the way you just said that. <laughs> um, like some peasant in economy. <laughs> no, but that cost would normally be at least premium. And now it's yeah, the yeah, basic yeah. economy cost. Yeah, like, I'm looking at all the different, like, what the flights offer. Because all the flights are, like, you know, advanced cleaning procedures. And I have no confidence in that. I'm like, okay, bullshit. Um, Well, advanced cleaning procedures on a plane, I can only imagine, is probably just basic cleaning yeah, yeah <laughs> like, like we all know how dirty planes are we like so wipe your armrest before you sit yeah. down <laughs> so it's like what are you proactively plan? like for me i know when i get on that plane which 
actually isn't going to be that far off to what I did when I flew to see you in London. I'm going to have my own Lysol wipes, my own sanitizer. I am not touching a bloody thing on that plane. Like my fingertips will not make contact. And I'll say the only thing I'm going to do different from my flight to see you and back with the mask is I wore like a basic store mask. I will probably wear an N95 on the flight. Okay. See, I probably wouldn't do any of that. Okay. I'm not paranoid about, like, are you, are you worried about getting COVID again? I'm just, no, I guess maybe I'm a little overconfident because I've had it and I'm fully vaccinated. So I feel like I'm like a double X against being at risk, but I don't know. I'm just paranoid. Like you've seen, I don't think I've talked about it much on the show, but I, ever since I had COVID, I started losing my hair like in clumps and chunks and I shaved a chunk of my head off like I've shaved half my yeah. hair off my head because of the hair loss I was experiencing so it's just like I think the post-COVID symptoms I've had are still keeping me hyper vigilant is hair loss a post-COVID yes symptom? yes it is really it is oh. it's one of the commonly reported ones and like I've always had full head of hair and lost quite a bit of hair every time I shower. But this has been like fistfuls. And then I get out of the shower and I'm looking in the mirror for like the bald spot on my scalp that day. Like that level. I think because I'm experiencing these things, I'm just still hyper vigilant about being around sick people. Fair enough. Just trying to think of me on a plane. Like even wearing, I'm probably one of those people that is just wearing a mask now because I'm, I have to. Right. Like I don't really care if I'm wearing it. So right. I probably will be one of those people. Like, if I didn't have to wear a mask, I probably won't wear one. When I get back on a plane, like, yeah, of course I'll bring, you know, hand sanitizer and all that. But, like, I'm trying to think, would I be any more careful that I, you know, it's not like I was going around licking, you know, tray tables on a plane to begin <laughs> with. Know, but, not. you know, I wash my hands quite a lot when I go to airports and get on planes. And, you know, I don't, so I, I feel like I would just do the same as I always would. Do you think that you're a bit more confident because you've already had, like, do you think you would feel the same way if you hadn't already had COVID? I don't know, but I'm, I'm also double vaccinated. Like I trust, the system, I would probably yeah. trust. Yeah. Like I'm not one of those people that I, you know, I don't believe in any of these conspiracy theories or when people say like, Oh, oh it doesn't, God. you know, it doesn't work. The vaccinations don't work. People are still getting it, which isn't, again, it's not entirely true. Like there's stories in the, in the UK with this new variant and they're saying, Oh, people are getting it that we're vaccinated. It's not entirely true. You know, again, the way the media, well, I'll tell you a story. So we have a little breakout in Sydney right now here in Australia And there was what we're calling a super spreader event where it was a birthday party with 30 people and 24 of the 30 people there got COVID and they're sick, Uh infected, isolating. Some of them, you know, went into the community and spread it more. Some didn't. Six people at that party of 30 didn't get it. The defining difference is the six people who did not get it were vaccinated. The 24 who got it were not like very clear lines. And yeah. I saw that. I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah. yeah, I think, I think if anything, like, and what we're kind of talking about, you know, I would hope that maybe people, you know, and this kind of goes into the whole staying grounded and feeling safe and confident in traveling is that also remember that as we get back into it, more people are vaccinated, right? Yeah. Like, 
we're not like that plane you're going to be sitting on. It's not going to be filled with, you're not going to be the only person that has had a vaccination. Like granted, yes, there's going to be people that don't want the vaccination and fine. Yeah, but teach I, I think just looking at it from a positive perspective, just bear that in mind as well, that we are, there is, there are multiple vaccinations now. People are getting it. You know, we are in a lot safer of a position than we were a year ago. And I think I mean, that's you something to bear in mind. are coming, you are definitely coming from the UK. Like, because in Australia, no one's getting vaccinated yet. Well, I know, but I'm not saying, right, but you just talked about a story in Sydney how six of them were vaccinated. Like, my point being... The six people, yeah, were healthcare workers. Yeah. Yeah, but but my point being, regardless, it doesn't matter if we're talking UK. I gotcha. People are starting to get vaccinated. And likely, right now, those people sitting on a plane are probably vaccinated if they are getting on a plane, if they're going somewhere, if they're traveling, I'm not saying all of them, but like, again, it's just a peace of mind thing, you know? Yeah. Bear that in mind. If you are a bit worried about it, obviously still stay safe. Take your Lysol wipes, wear your mask, wash your hands, you know, a million times. But just remember that the person that's sitting two seats from you, like they could very well. I think we need like to wear badges. If you've been vaccinated, you can like sit next to that person on a bus or a, a plane. And then those that don't want to be vaccinated, Andrea. they can go sit in their own. What? You're getting into very dangerous territory with like labeling. You, well, if you've, if you've had the vaccine, well, they give stickers out, don't they? They do. Yes. Yes. Well, do. what's the difference? So wear your sticker. I'm just saying if like, I'm not saying people that aren't vaccinated should walk around wearing a sticker, but I'm, Hey, if it's me, I would rather be sitting with people that are vaccinated than not. That's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. And how do you know? Yeah. So like you could, you know, wear your badge, do it, wear your sticker be like, look, I'm vaccinated. You're vaccinated. Let's be pals. Let's sit next to each other on a plane. Ooh, I like this. So I, when I'm, I'm assuming I'm going to get approved for the exemption, which might be very wishful thinking, but I do have from my vaccination record, a whole, they give you like six stickers that Mm -hmm. they're like vaxxed, vaxxed, vaxxed. Um, maybe I will wear one on my flight home. There you go. Do it. I don't see how it's any different than, you know, there's the whole debate right now uh, in the UK where they're talking about the, you know, vaccine passports. And there's people that are against it. And I'm all I'm, for it. I'm all for it. I am all for it. And people are like, it's discrimination. I'm like, why? You don't want a vaccine? Don't have one. It means you can't travel then. That's your choice. It's no different than other vaccines that some countries require you to have. So I don't, why would this be any different? Well, I think because to a number of people, it's a new concept. So they've been very privileged where they haven't had to travel to or from countries that required that. So they're like, this is a new thing that's never existed. And it's like, "Mm, no, we did a whole episode on travel vaccinations where yeah. Like, I could not actually fly into South Africa because I was flying from Brazil. If I didn't, mm-hmm. I had to have proof of my yellow fever vaccination or I was not allowed yeah. into South Africa. So this isn't a new concept for me. I'm like, this is something that's always but happened. That's, that's exactly my point. And look, yeah. anyone listening, if you're an anti-vaxxer, that's cool. You know, you do you. I don't mm-hmm. care. There's no judgment. I'm not saying anti-vaxxers should get vaccinated if they don't want What I am saying is if a country decides that they are not going to allow people to come into their country, if they don't have a vaccination, you also have to respect that because it's their choice and you follow their rules and you're a guest in their house. So that's all I'm saying. If it comes down to, there will be places that require you to have a vaccination and show, you know, your passport, whatever, however the hell they want to do it. It's not up to you to debate it. That's all I'm saying. 
Yeah, you have the personal choice within your own country to get it or not get it. Yep. Agreed. Remember, traveling is a privilege. And, That's you know. How much? So I've even, you and I have been talking about offline. And this will be another episode. But just the the whole concept right now of travel being a privilege versus a right. Yeah. <laughs> because I've totally... always viewed travel as a privilege. And that yeah. view keeps you humble, too, about things mm-hmm. you experience and encounter. Whereas a lot of people suddenly think travel is a supreme right. Where you have yeah. freedom of movement around the whole entire world, which you don't. Yeah. And the people yeah. that are usually arguing this are people that have not really traveled anywhere. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they decide, well, I want to start traveling and I'm not getting a vaccination. Like, you are just looking for an argument. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of Anyways, that right we are. <laughs> We're digressing. We, we are going on such a tangent now. So let's go back to, you know, the, the how we're staying grounded Again, on, okay. on this micro level. So, well, I have a feeling now I know what you're going to say the next little bit. Because uh, the the plane and the flight was kind of the most contentious bit. So where I was going with this from here was more public transit in a country. So say, mm-hmm. so say let's pick Italy. Poor Italy. Because they've gone in and out of lockdown. They're doing great. They're doing shit. They're doing great. They're doing shit. Well, so I'm going say, to Italy in September, so I hope that they're doing great by then. <laughs> very, very relevant example. <laughs> so say you're going to Italy, they're doing great, and you get there, and suddenly it all goes to shit. And you've mm-hmm. got to get on public transit. Are you? Yep. Do you think your attitude is going to be the same as the flight? Or do you think you'll have a different attitude with, like, here, so here in Melbourne, specifically, mm-hmm. to take any public transit, you have to have a mask on. Yeah. And obviously, we had people who were getting comfortable and not wearing it. So now they've actually got police patrolling all the transit, the trams, the trains, to make mm-hmm. sure everyone's wearing their mask. Do you think when you're abroad, you'll wear mm-hmm. a mask even if you don't have to? Um, I mean, it's going to definitely depend. If I go to Italy, well, when I go to Italy in September, mm-hmm. if for whatever re- reason there's another, like, massive outbreak in Italy, I probably will be more cautious. If I know I'm in an area where, mm-hmm. you know, cases are starting to spike, I will be more cautious, for sure. Okay. All right. But, I mean, if I wasn't, no. Like, if I'm not in an area, yeah, I don't know. Which is I mean, so to be honest, when I'm... I, I probably, to be completely honest, for the for the next, I don't know, for the foreseeable future when I'm traveling anywhere, I probably will just be taking like an Uber, like somewhere where I'm in a private car. And okay. Not, you know, I, I, I don't mind, you know, I, I'm all for taking public transportation because it's obviously better for the environment. It's cheaper. But right now, as we're coming out of a pandemic, what would make me feel probably just a bit more comfortable. And it's not even like, it's the whole idea as well of just the you don't know how people are as i said people are a little bit sanctimonious in this whole pandemic Mm -hmm. and if i am on a bus and say i'm not wearing a mask in italy i don't know are they going to be assholes about it or or like and if it you know i'm saying if i was allowed to not wear a mask so i just would rather skip that whole thing and right now i'm like you know what it would be a lot more comfortable taking a private private car getting into an Uber and not having to worry about the public. Yeah. And I think a lot of people would feel safer. I mean, there was, there's many reasons anyways, people like to take Ubers or private taxis from a safety perspective of, you know, just being able to get from point A to B. But now I think there's that health factor on top of that about staying safe. So 
that's me. I probably won't even be on a bus in Italy. I'll be getting a private private car. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Like I am a big fan of Ubers, especially if I have luggage. I always take yeah. Ubers or Lyfts or Bolts or whatever it is. But that's interesting. See, because I think I, for this foreseeable future, will be someone who carries a mask. And I'll, you know, I'll gauge my situation no matter where I am to see whether I want to wear it or not. But I think I'll always yeah. have one. And I think we're all products of where we've lived throughout this vaccine. Because in Melbourne, it's very different. Throughout this throughout like, this pandemic, you mean? Yes. And we have all been... Did I say vaccine? Yeah, you said throughout this vaccine. Weird. <laughs> it's that long COVID. <laughs> it's my brain fog. Um, yeah. <laughs> like we here in Victoria, we are just like very reactionary in a fear-based term so because we're so fearful of another lockdown like the one we had where it's like if there's mm. even a breakout of 10 people we're like no i'm go out everyone wear their mask everyone get tested because no I one mean, wants to do it again we're fear driven here yeah well and honestly i feel like more countries should be like when i went to spain last year people were just fear driven based on like not even getting it, but the police, if you were walking down the street without a mask on, like you were told off, like the police yeah. would come up to you holding their massive, whatever they are, like their guns. And they're like mask, <laughs> like they were intimidating. <laughs> and you know what? Like, I wish the UK was a little bit more like that because the UK has been so lax. Like the area I live in, in South London. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've said this to a lot of my friends, like I get on a bus, I go into the shops around here. A lot of people don't wear masks. And do you think anyone's enforcing it? No. And they should be. And, and, you know, I feel bad for, you know, bus drivers. Like, why the hell should they have to tell every, you know, they're not babysitters. They shouldn't yeah. have to be yeah. telling every person. I mean, are they going to, you know, start um, denying everyone entry on the bus if they're not wearing a mask? That's exhausting. They're yeah. on, you know, they are on a schedule. People are getting aggressive about it. They don't want to deal with it. So all they do, they let the people on. And those aren't, that aren't wearing a mask, they put up a little, like, pre-recorded announcement. You know, please yeah. wear a mask at all times. And, like, the buses are full. You know, at first when the pandemic started, it was like, oh, we can only let 30 people on. We can only let eight people on the small buses. Now they don't care. They're just letting everyone on. So, well, and that was the same thing with flights, remember? Because at first airlines were like, oh, we're only going to fill the window in the aisle seat. There is no middle seat. Mm. Whereas yeah. very quickly they were like, that's not sustainable. We need to make our money. And the planes yeah. are packed again. I mean, I just do think it's going to be a case of, as you said, yes, I will still carry a mask with me everywhere. And mm -hmm. I will suss it out how I feel. Or depending on, you know, what country or maybe what city. I mean, like when I go to Italy, I'm not going to a big city. I will be out, you know, okay. kind of in the middle of nowhere. So it's not like I'm going to be, I'm not going to Rome. I'm not going to Milan. I'm not going to be surrounded by tons of people. Um, and that's another thing. I'm kind of choosing places now. Like, do I want to go on big city breaks right now? Not really. <laughs> like, I you would know rather what? go to... That's a great consideration is, are you going to go to yeah. a major city versus maybe it's time to ex explore the smaller places? Exactly. And yeah, you'll feel which, safe you know, there. Yeah. And that's it. Like, you know, I love a city break, but this is, again, a good opportunity to start looking at, you know, these smaller towns, whatever it might be. And even, again, traveling around the UK, like going to some of these smaller, like little seaside quaint towns. So I don't know. I think it's going to be a case of, you know, we're just getting to a point in this. It's like, you know, you've got to do whatever it is that's going to make you feel safe. 
Yeah. And you can't expect others to do it for you. I think that's, yes. you know, I, I, I agree that we all, you know, we should be looking out for one another and we should be doing things to keep others safe. But I think we're at a point now in this pandemic over a year, it's been going on now that, mm-hmm. you know, things do have to start getting back to some type of normality. And yeah. if you don't feel comfortable, like if you're worried about getting, getting COVID, like, uh, are you really going to be traveling anyways? Like, would you really want to get on a plane? I think, yeah, the point I'm getting at is you can't expect everyone else around you to be at this point looking out for you. As shit mm-hmm. as that sounds, I wish we did live in a world where we were constantly looking out for each other, but we just aren't. That's just well, And maybe the, the whole solution is doing a little kind of kumbaya and meditating on the fact that, all right, I'm going to run into people who aren't doing what I would do. Yeah. And that's okay because the things yeah. I'm going to do are what will protect me most. So I'm yeah, going to wear a exactly. mask. I'm going, even if it's not required, or I'm going to be OCD about washing my hands. Or Although I will say, I'm still, if I don't see someone washing their hands in a bathroom, like I'm still going to be I that mean, person yeah. who's going to be like, that's gross. We're in a pandemic. Wash your hands. Yeah. Like, if there's anything everyone should have learned in the past year, it's to wash your fucking hands. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I did that. I called people out, like, my neighborhood, like, people spitting on the streets. I'm like, really? Oh. Really? You've just spit yeah. on the side? Like, I have called full-grown men out for it, and, also, like, they've yelled back at me. And I'm like, I don't care. That's disgusting. Like, A, you shouldn't do it anyways. It's disgusting. B, we are in a pandemic vile. But yeah. yeah, don't spit in the streets and don't not wash your hands. <laughs> wash your hands so after gross. you use the toilet, people. <laughs> like, oh, just, this shouldn't have to um, be a PSA. <laughs> so to bring it back, I think where we're getting at from all of this, whether you know, you're getting on a flight, you're getting on public transit, even if you're going to a restaurant, it's just having a little meditation on the fact that you'll take care of you and you can't control mm-hmm. other people. I think that's our new normal. Yeah, because when we get hung up on what other people are doing, you do you start to notice every this person's mask is under their nose. That person, you know, maybe they wipe their nose with their hand. Like you start to see every single thing, and you're like, "Duh!" And you can't control all that. What about um, accommodation? You know, when it comes to hotels, I mean, you've seen some of these. What do you call them? The uh... oh uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Like the, the date- undercover Dateline investigation. Yeah. Yeah, um, did they change the sheets? You see how dirty they I mean, I don't know. What how do you feel about that? So, here's the thing. Everyone knows, I think at this point, if you're a new listener that I'm a big advocate for like couch surfing first, like I'm cheapest accommodation up is basically how I choose where to stay, but I see all the hotels advertising enhanced cleaning techniques and I'm just like mm-hmm. bullshit. Like, the I'm same not, as the planes, right? <laughs> yeah, like I'm not buying into. I think it's a marketing piece that you're putting out. You're saying enhanced cleaning techniques, but humans are humans, and right. you are asking people who've worked for your company for five, ten years to suddenly change their behaviors, and that's not how humans operate. So yeah. I operate on everything being the same as it was before and what can I do so like if I'm going to a hotel I take my own pillow take my own blanket I'm just imagining you walking into a hotel room with like a bucket and a mop and like a vacuum cleaner and bleach and a mop 
pull this one. Uh, um, <laughs> like you're just going to go in and just clean, disinfect everything. <laughs> I always took my own pillow and blanket into hotels even before this. Just bring your own cleaning, cleaning lady or man with you. Hire one when you're there and get them to clean. Andrea. <laughs> That's not That's a, a good idea. solution in hotel. Why not? Hey, I'm think, all about ideas. I'm not saying they're all they're good ones, but I think in a hotel or accommodation you need, you know, realistic expectations. Take your own pillow, take your own blanket, take your own wipes. Yeah. I mean, you're it's going the same as the, the plane. But do you think if you stayed in like an Airbnb or something? I feel like an Airbnb because I'm staying in an Airbnb in a couple weeks. I feel like they might, you know, they probably take a lot more pride and care in the way that they clean. I don't know. That's, I think I'm that's you convincing yourself of that because you're about to stay in an Airbnb. Because the people who get paid to clean Airbnbs get paid like a flat rate. They don't get paid hourly. Yeah. So they go, it's a flat rate, whether they spend half an hour there or an hour and a half. So they Maybe. spend a half hour there. They go in and it's like... Whatever's yeah, noticeably also... dirty, they clean first. And then whatever time they have left, they do the bare minimum. Yeah. But I'm also thinking that, you know, people that are renting these spaces out, like they own them no. and they book them out based off of reviews. Yeah, true. But like, I, and I know hotels do as well, but the hotels, they have just a lot means more. Everything needs to look clean. Doesn't mean it needs to be clean. I don't know. Yeah. I don't trust just... anyone. <laughs> I mean, I don't trust everyone to, like, some perf- standard of perfection. I just feel like Airbnbs, I don't know. In my mind, I'm just thinking cleaners in a hotel, they've got a lot of rooms to get through. They're not really putting that much care or effort into it. Sure. Airbnb, I don't know. There's pros and cons, I guess. I mean, at the end of the day, yes, still bring your own pillow, bring your own... But, like, where does it end? You can't, you know, again, you can't bring your own bedding. That's where I, I think mean, you, you can't get OCD about things. You need to accept that there's going to be a level you can't control and you know what if you Otherwise, are ocd and you have to travel get a get a room spray a disinfectant spray you can sleep in like, sleep in a bubble only so much you can do all right so to bring it all back together from the beginning i think we're you know we're trying to talk about how to stay a little more sane when you're traveling in a post-pandemic world and you know, it's twofold. On one hand, you need to accept everything you can't control because there's going to be that element no matter what you do and where you go. And then control what you can, which is basically your own personal space in your own bubble. So for anyone who is thinking of traveling soon, just factor in where you're going, what your situations might be, and be- learn before you go how to be okay with those elements you can't control. I think that's going to be key in the future of travel. You can only control what you can control. I think yeah. if anything we've learned in this pandemic on a, such a, a, on a larger scale, you know, things outside of our control are outside of our control. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it. And you know what? I think in this post-COVID world, maybe too, it's time we be a little more vigilant in our reviews and our expectations if you get somewhere Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean your expectations you can message the airbnb host and have them send a cleaner or or have them move you to another location they run like there are options but you just need to maybe use your voice more than you would before 
and leave honest reviews. How many people leave a place and they're like, yeah, it was all right. Boom, boom, boom. Very quick review, all good. Whereas now it's like, you know what? If we want to hold accommodation providers to account, honest reviews and not like Karen reviews where (laughs) you're just being all... But honest reviews, like this is what was good. This is what could be improved. I hope they improve it for the next guest. Say honest reviews one more time. Honest reviews, folks. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Amazing. I feel like maybe we we went on a few tangents in this episode, um, but it's all still very relevant. Also Um, our podcast, so. (laughs) Yeah, and this is what happens when Steph and I uh, don't get together for for a little bit. Um, We end up having too much to talk about, so we'll have to find the right cadence where we've got enough to talk about, but not too much. Well done on the use of the word cadence. (laughs) I liked it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, All right, guys. Well, we will see you hopefully in the next couple weeks. We'll put another uh, great little episode together for you. And uh, again, leave us your reviews comments if any of you have gotten an exemption hit your girl up and tell her how yeah (laughs) let's stuff know she's dying to get out all right talk to you next time all the shit i've learned abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel you can listen to us on multiple platforms from itunes to google play music and more and with that please if you have a chance give us a five-star review on itunes or whatever platform you listen on that drives us up the charts and really really helps us out want to support us on patreon find us over at shit have learned abroad pod and donations start as low as just one dollar also if you could follow us on twitter and instagram at shit abroad pod and facebook by searching all the shit I've learned abroad. Thanks so much for listening. Uh-huh.